0: This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. I have a pretty, I don't know, maybe stupid question for you. What length would you go to to save your child? Yeah, I, I know that that sounds stupid, right? For those of us who have sat at the bedside of our child, not sure if they would survive, or for those of us who have prayed for God to take our lives rather than our child, for those of us who have, who have stood at the graveside of our child, just questioning to, to what lengths we would go to to make sure our child survives, well, that just seems ludicrous. It's just crazy to consider that there would be any price that would be too high, that would be too much. So that's where I am. And what I was thinking about when I read about Jeroboam and his wife, the mother of Abiwah, and what she would not do to save him. First Kings chapter 14 begins by telling us that, that Jeroboam's wife, or Jeroboam's son, Abiwah, became ill. And as you can imagine, Jeroboam and his wife were worried, so Jeroboam tells his wife to disguise herself and to go to the prophet Ahiwa to take some food to him, and he would tell you what would happen to the child. Now, you may be wondering why Jeroboam didn't go, but he sent his wife. Now, now mamas don't like to leave their sick babies, right? You remember Mark chapter 5 when Jairus asked Jesus to come heal his daughter He came to Jesus himself. Or the centurion who asked Jesus to heal his servant in Matthew chapter 8. That centurion went to Jesus himself. But here, Jeroboam stays home. Why, you may wonder? Well, it's because he was a wicked man. And he knew that God knew that. The prophet of God had already told him that his house would be destroyed off the face of the earth because of his sin. 1 Kings chapter 13. How in the world could he have faced a a prophet of God again over his son's illness? He knew how God felt about him. He knew what a prophet would say to him. So he sent his wife thinking that, well, maybe that might work. And so Jeroboam's wife did what he said. She went to Shiloh, to the house of Akiwah, disguised. But God had already talked to Akiwa and told him that she was coming disguised and pretending to be another woman. And God told the prophet what to tell her. So she showed up disguised and the prophet called out to her and said, Why are you pretending to be another woman? And he continued to give her a message from God. It was a pretty scary message for her to deliver to her husband. That God had exalted him and made him a leader but that her husband had not served God, had not followed God's commandments, and had done more evil than all who were before him. He had made statues and images of false gods and worshipped them and, and caused the people to worship them and turn their back to God. So, of course, God was angry. He was jealous and he was going to make a clean sweep of her husband's house. That's what the prophet told her. Verses 7-11 Then, after that, the prophet told her about her son. Verses 12 and 13, that when her feet would step into the city where her child lives, her child would die. And all Israel would mourn him, for in him something good was found toward the Lord God of Israel in the house of Jeroboam. And there it was. And so I ask you, if you were her, What would you do if you were presented with that information? Would you send a message back home explaining the situation to your husband and and find somewhere else to live out your life, knowing that your son would never see you again, but knowing that maybe if you had never stepped foot in that city that he would live? Or would you go back home? What do you think she did? Yeah, she went home. Verse 17 and 18 says, Then Jeroboam's wife arose and departed and came to Terzah. When she came to the threshold of the house, the child died, and they buried him. And all Israel mourned for him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through his servant, Akiwah, the prophet. It seems like she had a choice. To me, I mean... Maybe I'm missing something, but as I understand this account, this child was alive until she stepped into the city. We know that he was ill. But until she stepped into the city, he was alive. And I wonder, why did she go back? Why did she go home? Why didn't she stay away? If there was a chance her son could live, if there was just a chance. Do you suppose it? That maybe she didn't believe the prophet. But he knew who she was. She heard that even before she approached him. He knew she was disguised. And he still knew who she was. Because he confessed that God had told him who she was. That she was coming to him. And God had instructed him. But maybe she, like us, just just didn't really think it was possible, that it it would be true, that her son could really die because of her sin and her husband's sin, because of the way in which they lived, that God wouldn't really do that, even though God said so. I don't know, maybe that was it. Maybe that that caused her choice. Or do you wonder if, if, if maybe she was one of those mothers who didn't really love their children? I guess that's possible. I mean, Maybe she thought more of her status as Jeroboam's wife or in the community. That really sounds stupid, doesn't it? But I guess that's possible, right? Or do you suppose that she returned home because the prophet told her to go home? Maybe she felt she didn't have a choice, that it was inevitable, that nothing could do, could stop this. The situation was a result of she and her husband's lifestyle, and she was just going to accept that. But the truth is, we can ask all of those questions all day long, but we will never ever know. We honestly don't know why she returned home knowing that her steps would number her son's days. We don't know because in this account, she never speaks. In this account, God doesn't tell us what she's thinking and he doesn't tell us what she says to the prophet or her reaction. In fact, in this account, he doesn't even tell us her name. He just gives us a situation that her, hus- that her son was ill, that they wanted to know what was going to happen to her son. So she listened to her husband. She disguised herself. She went to the prophet and she listened to him and she was reminded that her husband was evil and she returned home. And just as we, we were told her son died and all of Israel mourned her son. Such a sad account. Primarily because it it could have been avoided, I mean, you know that's the tragedy of the story, isn't it? The choices were made, and it could have been avoided, so that's why I ask what would you do? How far would we go to save our child, our children? and maybe I was right when I said it's a stupid question, but- but maybe not. I mean, maybe she asked herself that question. And she went home, perhaps knowing there was nothing she could do because of the choices she and her husband had already made. It was too late. But the question comes to us because it really is a choice, right? I mean, everything is a choice. So, yes, I believe she had a choice and I believe we do, too, because God made his choice, because God asked the same question. What would he do to save our children? His answer was to give his only son so we can make the right choices. So I ask again that question that isn't so stupid. What would we do to save our children? And it is for this that I bow my knees today.